0: Welcome to the Coast Life Church podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. We Receive the word of God today. Hey, give Pastor Kerry a great welcome as he comes to bring the word today. Come on, let's give God some praise. It's going to be a good Sunday. Turn to three people around you, give them a fist bump, a high five, tell them cheek to cheek and you may be seated. Man, you chose the right day to be in church and uh, it is just awesome to be here and see what God is doing in the house. And uh, sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you just don't even know it. I think my pulpit will come up here at some point, but I do, I'm not, we're just going to go from memory, it's going to be fantastic, but uh, sometimes you don't realize that when you're in the middle of things that God is up to something big, and what is happening here at Coast Life is nothing short of miraculous, and uh, I just, I don't know if you know this, in in, uh, 1910, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was standing in Paris. And uh, he was sharing with a, a city that had just been ravaged by a flood, uh, waters up to six to ten feet high, and they didn't know how they were going to regroup and recover. And he shared a speech in, on April twenty third, 1910. And uh, this is what he said. I want to read it to you. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in... The arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who actually strives to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold, timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And when I think about people who dare greatly, it's your pastors. They have stood in the arena and they have fought valiantly for you, for this region. Can we give it up for Pastor Jason and Pastor Heidi? Come on, church. We love you. We're grateful. We're inspired by you. And uh, man, the best really is yet to come. And even just during worship, I just felt like the Holy Spirit lean in and say that because you trusted him with this new building purchase, he's going to trust you with more buildings. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly that there is a church in the region that's been around for 30 years that's going to call you and say, hey, we need Coast Life to take over. Here are the keys. And I don't know where that is or when that's going to happen, but thank you for having great faith. Thank you for believing in this region, because I think God is going to do something amazing. Amen. And you're a part of that you're a part of that like you you don't even realize that they're great leaders they're great pastors but you are great too and what God is doing is nothing short of miraculous I got to preach I've got 32 minutes and four seconds here's a little about me I've been married for 21 years to my high school sweetheart she was a senior I was a junior so she's my cougar let's go that never gets old we have two daughters, a freshman in college, pray for my bank account, an eighth grader. Estrogen wafts through my house like humidity in the summer. If I didn't live in California, I'd go shoot a gun and smell the gun smoke just to remember I'm a man. Can I get an amen? By the way, greetings from the communist state of California. It's so good to be with you in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I- I got off the plane, and I was like, what is this? What is this? My wife was like, I think it's freedom. I think it's freedom. It's so good to be with you. I want to share a couple thoughts. They told me the 10 o'clock was rowdy, so y'all better deliver. So... I want to I read a scripture, it's found in Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to read from the message paraphrase, because I just love the words of this, check this out, Ephesians 2, 14, it says, the Messiah has made things up between us, so that we are now together on this, both non-Jewish outsider and Jewish insider, he tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. And then he started over. Instead of contending with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. Shake your neighbor and say a fresh start. Verse 19 says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. Somebody online, you need to be reminded of that. You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. I love this. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets first for the foundation, and now he's using you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He's fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. It holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Can we pray? Wait, before you bow your heads. I didn't tell you to buy your heads yet. Chill out. Chill out 10 a.m online I know you weren't praying so you're just in your PJs we're grateful for you hey let's, let's not go home the same today let's not just do church let's let God just wreck us for the ordinary I like to say let's let God rearrange the proverbial furniture of our life can we do that now would you bow your heads and we pray God we thank you that you're here we thank you that you're up to something big bigger than we can even possibly understand bigger bigger than anything we could even imagine and we want to be part of it but God we want to play our part in it so do what only you can do be God in our lives we lean in we're listening we want to be obedient in Jesus name i pray and everybody said amen and amen which just means i agree and you're rooting for the cowboys so thank you for that i appreciate it too soon too soon you know I don't I don't know about you but recently I uh I just realized that I'm getting old does anybody ever just feel like you're getting old show of hands okay I just there's a few indicators but I'm just I'm getting old one of those indicators is that my forehead is now a six head can I get an amen I see a few of my friends out there you know but the good news I found my hair it's now on my back praise the Lord it's been a good season I'm thankful for a wife who loves me. So, you know, it's been good. I, I also love being at home. Anybody else just love to be in your home? Like your little, your, your portion of the couch just nestled to your hindquarters. Can I get an amen? Another way I know that I'm getting old is one of my favorite places to be outside of my home is the glorious place called Costco. Can I get an amen? I mean, you can get a surfboard, a power washer, and a side of beef all at the same place. And what is the best part about Costco. Samples. That's what I'm talking about right there. Now, I know y'all don't know what COVID is in Florida, but in California, they shut down. You couldn't do samples for like a millennia, and it was just horrible. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? We need some toast. We need some gluten-free crackers and some vitamin water. Well, listen, another way I know that I'm getting old is about every three months or so, my wife and I like to get away for a couple of days, and we head to either Los Angeles or San Diego, get a hotel room, and just, you know, hey, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> (laughs) And uh, one day, we get our hotel room, and it was like on the 14th floor, and we walk in, and within seconds, we found ourselves glued to the window with our cup of coffee, and we're watching this absolutely amazing thing happen outside. There was a construction crew building a high-rise building, but they were actually building a crane that was going to build another crane so that it could build a building. (laughs) I'm going to talk to this section over here. It was a crane building a crane to build a building. Whoa! This first service, this is my favorite section. You lost. I'm here now. I'm going to preach right here. It was a crane building a crane to build a building. Oh! Oh no, oh no, they're doing good. Listen, it blew my mind that there was this tool that was used to build a building, but the tool actually had to be built first. There was a process, and then it blew my mind, and it dawned on me, this is just like the kingdom of God. God is building us to build his church, to build his people. He's building us to build his church, to build his people, just like a crane building a crane to build a building. Let me say that again. Just like a crane building a crane to build a building. You'll never forget this illustration. I pray that every time you see a crane, you hear my words, just like a crane building a crane, come on, to build a building. Siri on my watch took off on that one. So listen. God's building his church because he's using us to build people. And I love the idea that a life committed to building his church is a life worth living. Can I get an amen? A great spiritual leader in my life, Pastor Kevin Gerald, he says that the church is not God's idea. It's not man's idea. It's God's idea. That it's God's plan A and there's no plan B. Can I get an amen? He's using people just like you and me and a life committed to building his church is a life worth living. So we dive into the text, Ephesians 2. It says, the Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now together on this both non-jewish outsider and jewish insider what he's saying is those that belong to the family of faith and those who are not here yet those that are in the church and those that we're called to reach he tore down the wall we use to keep each other at a distance i don't know if you know this about The temple in biblical times, especially when Jesus was walking the earth, it was compartmentalized. There was a holy of holies where only the high priest could go and only one time a year. And then there was a court the priests and that was separated from everything else and then outside of that was another court for the men and on outside of that was another court for the women and on the other side of that there was a wall established and that was the court of the Gentiles it was the people who didn't yet come to faith they were on that side of the wall and there was a sign on that wall that in both Greek and Latin that if you crossed over to this side of the wall we're gonna kill you They were great greeters. They were really friendly. They were holding a sign. You will die if you cross this line. It was keep them out and keep us safe. Isolate us because we're the chosen. Let's keep them there and we'll stay here. And I'm concerned in our current cultural moment that if we're not careful, we're going to rebuild the wall of religion that Jesus tore down. Listen, I know you know this, but the, the cultural moment we live in is polarizing. It isn't just that you can't agree with me. It's if you don't agree with me, you are wrong. You should die and perish. I don't know if you know this, but your state and my state, we're at war. Pray for us. Are you all tracking with me? And in this process, the church has recognized, wait, we have got to help establish the truth of God's word again. We have to stand for what is truth and not let truth be defined by what we want it. Can I get an amen? And so we've realized your pastors have led the charge on this. Hey, we are going to establish and let you know this is what God's word says. And we need that today. But my fear, my concern is if we're not careful and we only stand on truth, we'll forget grace and we'll rebuild a wall again. It may not happen in our generation, but the next generations to come. The word says that he tore down the wall with centuries of animosity. It was generation after generation. And we have to remember that Jesus stood for both truth and grace. Grace. Jesus was found in the midst of sinners and reprobates, just like the person sitting on your right. Not you, but the one on your right. And and he would be found there and he would just be compassion and love. He would never waver from the truth. But when people got around Jesus, they changed their life. The woman at the well, she got around Jesus, ran back and started preaching the gospel. Zacchaeus just hung out with Jesus and he said, okay, I've messed up, I've sinned, but I want to change my life. And I'm afraid if we're not careful, we will only be known for what we stand against and not what we stand for. We cannot rebuild the wall of religion that Jesus tore down, but we cannot also forsake truth. We have to have grace and truth. Can I get an amen? This is what Jesus was known for. He said, you are a sinner and I will die for you even before you choose me. Jesus died for you by faith that you would choose him. He chose faith. He said, even if Carrie does not choose me, I'm still gonna give my life for him because he deserves my grace. Jesus said, no matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief, you are loved. Aren't you grateful? I love the scripture. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. And you know what makes a kingdom of faith? It's not a building. It's not chairs. It's not stage. It's not lights. It's not smoke. It's not drums. It's not a guitar. It's you. You are the kingdom of faith, which is absolutely beautiful and also terrifying because you are jacked up messy and imperfect. Can I get an amen? If you're here and you're just a little bit jacked up, raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, you're terrifying. Ushers, come and get them right now. They're a liar. Hide your kids and hide your wife. We are terrified of you. Are you tracking with me? All of us are just a little bit jacked up. Now, how many of you would be dishonest with me and you're a lot bit jacked up? Raise your hand. Okay, you're my people. You're my people. And God builds the kingdom of faith using jacked up, messy, imperfect people. And yet, Stuff happens in church that doesn't happen anywhere else. Stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. And God is using you. He's building you, even in your imperfection, even in your messiness, to build his church, to build more people like a crane, building a crane to build a building. And stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Right here in this place, marriages are healed. Right here in this place, across the hall, your kids aren't being babysat. They're being preached destiny and purpose and life. And when they go to school this week, they bring revival to school. Are you tracking with me today? Right here in this place, people discover hope again. The blind see and the dead live again. Are you with me, church? I'm just telling you stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. The church is the closest thing to heaven on earth. And having said that, since God uses messy, jacked up, imperfect people, imperfect things still happen in church. It happens in church. Sometimes people hurt people. Sometimes we get offended. Sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes they don't sing the song that you want to sing. Sometimes the usher makes you sit cheek to cheek, and you're just like, I'm about to punch you face to face. And and it's just sometimes, why? Because we're messy, imperfect people. But stuff still happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Because God's using you in your state of imperfection to build his church, to build people. Something beautiful happens. Every time the people of God gather, the presence of God shows up. And in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there's a peace that passes all understanding. If you're new to church, the presence of God is where God becomes more than just some historical figure you heard about and you feel and you sense him in a tangible way. It was the presence of God that Moses wanted. He had been praying for the promised land for his entire life, generation after generation for hundreds and thousands of years. And yet when he took the Israelites out of Egypt and he got to Mount Sinai, even though he knew the promised land was the destination Moses said hey I don't want the promised land if your presence doesn't go with us so even that which I've been praying for that I need in my life if you're not with me I don't want to go and when God's people gather his presence shows up Stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. And that's exactly what God does. That's how he works through our imperfections. That's how he works through our messiness is the Holy Spirit takes the imperfections and the messiness and he does something beautiful with it because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone. You know, the way, the best way for us to not rebuild the wall of religion is to remember that we are currently under construction all of us, no matter where you are in your journey of faith, no matter how long you have been going to church, no matter if you have been here longer than any, you could be 80 years old and have been serving Jesus for 80 years, you're still under construction. Right. And if you think you're not under construction, then pride is winning and we, you in trouble, friend. Yeah. Like another pastor says, we all have issues. And then if you don't think you've got issues, that is your issue. Yeah. So what type of construction project are you? Where are you at in the journey? What's God doing? What does God want to do? You know, there's new construction, and that's where we start fresh, and we clear the land, and we get rid of the trees, and we level the ground so we can pour the foundation. And maybe if you're here, and you're new to church, you're new to faith, you're new to Jesus, you are probably new construction. We're starting from scratch, and we're building a foundation. And, and, and 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 if you're here and you're new to faith Coast Life is the church for you. Yeah. You need to get to growth track. You need to get into a group. Why? Because you are going to have people circle around you and say, hey, you used to have a door open to all the things you want to do. We're going to shut that and build a door open up to the Holy Spirit and what He wants to say and do in our life. We're going to build a wall right here. We're going to say no to bitterness and rejection. And we're going to put a window right here and look to our destiny, look to our future. You have a past and so do I, but God's not concerned with your past. He's got your future in mind. And if you're here and you're in new construction, then Coast Life is the church for you. Yes. It's why we exist. Yes. It's why we exist. You found the right place. If you're church hopping, the search is over. Yes. You found the right, just stop looking. Just take, get rid of the list. You found the right place. If you're online, man, you found the right place. Get here in person. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yes. There's also another type of construction called renovation. That's when you've got an existing building, but you want to do some remodeling. You want to make some changes. You want to make your your bathroom a little bit bigger, the closet a little bit bigger. You want to put a fireplace in. You want to get some new furniture, some new tile. You're going to change things up. The aesthetics, the, the things that have been there that are old, dusty, and rusty, but it's time to move to a new season. And this is those of us that have been following Jesus for a minute. Maybe a couple years and you've been through growth track, you've been through freedom, you've been through financial peace university, but you're still under construction. What's God trying to do in your life right now? It's when we ask the questions of what are the things in my life that I need to change? It's where we say, what am I holding on to that I need to let go of? Some of you can remember a moment when somebody spoke something painful and harsh to you. You remember where you were standing. You remember what you were wearing and you just can't let it go and you're holding on to bitterness thinking that it's hurting them but it's only dampening the purposes of God at work in your life. And you need to let it go. Let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Here I Okay, we're moving on, we're moving on. You didn't know I could hit that falsetto. You didn't know. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Turn to your neighbor and say, let it go. Don't sing it. I didn't say sing it. Settle down. And I grew up in the South. My, my dad was a Southern Baptist pastor for 25 years. I was born in Georgia, lived in northern Mississippi for a while. i got a sister born in Florida, another sister born in New Orleans, another brother. There's a lot. Of, there's seven of us kids. My mom and dad liked each other a lot. And... Uh, I was born, the next week I was in church. And if I was sick, my mom was like, you need to get to church, Jesus will heal you. So there was no excuses. And by the way, raise your kids in church. Get your kids to church. This is the greatest thing you can do for them. Raise up a child in the way they should go. When they get old, they will not depart from it. And that concludes our sermon for today. But um, it's easy in this climate, in this culture, that church is just a part of what you do rather than Christianity being who you are. It's a box you check. It's a part of your system. I mean, you guys were here early. That was amazing. In California, they're like, did church start? Well, I'm gonna go to the beach. They, we need Jesus. Y'all pray for my state. But revival's coming to California. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah, that's another, that's another message. I just wanna say, it, maybe there's some renovation that needs to happen that you, you need to let revival take place in your own heart. Let God awaken you to the joy of your salvation, to fall in love with Jesus again, to remember to remember what Jesus saved you from, the grace that you need, the grace that I need. Don't, don't become so stale in your faith that you unintentionally rebuild a wall of religion and church just becomes something that's a part of your life instead of realizing that you are the church. There's another type of construction it's called remediation some of you may have experienced some remediation when you get mold in your house a few years back when we first moved to California we lived in an 1100 square foot condo three bedrooms two bath no garage no AC Whew, sweet baby Jesus we need you now and uh, we had people above us and all around us and we were just church planners living on a dream and uh, believing God was going to move and that's a whole different sermon and I'm doing dishes uh, after we had dinner and all of a sudden water starts dripping from above. I'm just watching it drip. And I'm like, oh, smoke. So some of y'all just had that with Hurricane Ian. So my story pales in comparison, so don't judge me, okay? I'm a baby. I ran upstairs and a knock on the door, hey, uh, do you have a leak under your sink? That was a rhetorical question, but I was being polite. She said, I don't know, come on in. And she opens up underneath the sink and this demonic black mold monster tried to eat my face. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so they brought in a remediation company, and they had to tear down all the walls in the kitchen and t- all the cabinets, and it was like a four-week process. It was crazy, and it was just nuts because mold had gotten in and out. Every time the Bible talks about mold, it's in reference to the corrosive power of sin. Wow. Look at me in the eyes. Some of us in this room have sin running rampant in our life, and it is corrosive, and you know it. And it's destroying the fullness of what God has for you. You think your private rebellion is hurting no one and you are fooled. You know, the Bible talks about how to deal with mold in Leviticus. As a traveling preacher, you never start with Leviticus. So I brought this to the end of the message. It talks about how to deal with mold. So what would happen if if you found mold in your house the priest would come over and they would find the mold in the wall per se and they would take a trowel or a shovel and scratch out the mold and they would pray over your home and consecrate it and they would leave for 7 to 14 days and then the priest would come back and he would inspect your house again and if they found that the mold persisted and it was still there then this time they would tear down an entire chunk of or the the wall itself and pray and consecrate your house and then in another 7 to 14 days the priest would return again And this time, if the mold persisted, they would tear your house down completely to the foundation. But what I love that's beautiful about this story is then the people of God would gather around as a community and help rebuild the home. Now look at me in the eyes. If you're here and you're struggling with the corrosive power of sin, you need to deal with it. But you can't do it alone. You need the body of Christ. You need believers to come around you. This is the reason right here at Coast Life Church, we do groups. Life life transformation always takes place in circles when we can be authentic and real, sit across the table, sip some coffee, have a conversation. And look at me, if you're here and you're in a group and somebody shows the mold that they're dealing with, you remember the grace that you need. You say, oh man, I got you. We're going to walk through this life. You're not alone. You know why? Because I'm jacked up too. I'm messy. I've got some imperfections. And Jesus rebuilt this house. In fact, He's still doing work on me so that I can build the church to build you like a crane building a crane to build a building. Some of you in here, you're thinking. You don't know my past. You don't know my story. You don't know what I've walked through. God, there's no way. I can see how God would use Pastor Jason or Pastor Heidi or Heaven or the other people. I can see how God would use them. But Pastor Kerry, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've walked through. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the things that I struggle with. And I understand that. I know what it's like to feel and to be confronted on a regular basis with the messiness and the imperfections. But we return to God's word and we let his truth become our truth. And the word of God says that God is building a home. And he's using us all, not just some, not the spiritually elite, not the ones who are really on the dream team, but he's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the prophets and apostles for the foundation, and now he's using you. He's fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone. Do you know that when the temple of Solomon was built, He wanted to show honor and respect for God. And then we read in Kings that he didn't want the sound of instruments or tools of iron to be heard clanging on the site of the temple. And the entire temple was built of stone and they needed master masons to shape every stone that built the temple Well, there was a quarry that was off-site miles away so the stonemasons would come and they would measure the spot intricately knowing exactly what size stone to put here and the shape that was needed then they would travel to the quarry and they would meticulously work and they would chip away and they would shape and they would mold and they would carry the stone back to the temple and put it perfectly in its place brick by brick and stone by stone and some of you think you're disqualified some of you think you can't build the church some of you think you shouldn't help people because of your past but God was meticulously working on your past chipping away molding and shaping getting you to a place where he fits you into the kingdom of God brick by brick and stone by stone why so that you could be an instrument of his hand to build the church which is building people like a crane, building a crane to build a building. Listen, God is up to something big and he wants to use you as part of it. Why? Because Venice doesn't need another apathetic church. Sarasota doesn't need another country club for Christians. Northport is about to explode with brand new people moving in who need a community of faith. You don't know the stories. Who's, who's not here yet? You don't even know the stories of the people who are, they're building a home right now and they're going to move here and their marriage is a disaster and they just need a family who will say it's okay. We're a little bit jacked up too. The greatest days of your life are ahead of you. They're not behind you. God's not looking for an apathetic church. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He's just looking for you to recognize the calling that He has on your life. And He created you. You were built to build. To build His church, which builds His people like a crane. Building a crane. To build a building. Amen. I want to just take the last three minutes that I have and and give some of you a chance to respond to what God is doing. God's speaking. How will you respond? There's some of you that are here in this room right now. And you're recognizing, man, I need some construction. I need some new construction. And I've been trying to figure this thing. I've been trying to work it out. I've been trying to make adjustments. It's the new year and I made all these new resolutions and it just doesn't seem to work. And every time I get to this place, I seem to fall flat on my face again. And I'm like, man, is there any hope for the future? And I'm gonna tell you there is, but it begins with Jesus. There is a starting point. There is a starting line. It is not through osmosis. And in California, they say, oh, good vibes, bro. I don't even know what that means. Like, do you, is this how you give good vibes? I don't even know. And it's not about being born into a home that was religious either. It's not about church membership. It's not about eradicating your past. It's just about starting with Jesus. He did all the heavy lifting. All you have to do is choose him. And then we start new construction. Some of you in this room have never begun the journey with Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer right where you're seated. You're going to make the prayer I pray your own, and there will be a holy moment that takes place right here. Now look at me in the eyes for a moment. There are also some of you in this room who have prayed a prayer like this, but you've been running from God. Maybe there's some mold festering. Maybe you're just playing with your faith and you've been running from destiny. Today, when we pray this prayer, why don't don't you muster some faith and pray it again for the first time in a long time? Let's start some construction again. Can I get an amen? Do me a favor, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around, nobody moving. If you're here and you need to pray this prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, if you're tuned in online, this moment is for you too. Why don't you just make this prayer your own To say, dear God, I know that you love me you've created me and given me purpose I'm not perfect would you forgive me and now just make these words your own just say Jesus I give you my life in Jesus name Head still bowed eyes still closed nobody moving nobody looking I wanna ask you a favor. I just wanna, if you prayed that prayer with me, this is the reason I exist. Because I'm jacked up, messy, and imperfect, but by the grace of God. He saved me, redeemed me, and restored me. And if you prayed that prayer with me for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you let me know in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, if that's you, with all the courage and the faith that you can muster, I want you to shoot your hand up in the air and put it right back down. You're saying, Pastor Kerry, I prayed that prayer. Pastor Kerry, I'm starting that journey brand new today. If that's you, on the count of three, lift your hands. Ready, one, two, three. Put your hands up right now. Wow, 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 all over the room. Anyone else, anyone else, anyone else? God, we thank you that you are doing the miraculous. We thank you that you are doing something exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. We look to you as the author and the perfecter of our faith. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, let's worship. Hey, thank you for joining us, and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible, and you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening, and God bless you.